Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and tonight we are thrilled to be joined by Matt Pizan. Matt and his wife, Anna, buy, renovate, and hold single-family and small multifamily properties for the long term in the greater Lehigh Valley region. They have three children under three years of age, and Matt has worked for 12 years as a chemical engineer before a recent career change to full-time real estate investing. He completed his master's in international management and IE business school in Madrid as a Fulbright scholar in 2013. And since 2014, they've been buying and operating rental properties, primarily in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Outside of investing, Matt enjoys maintaining his Spanish language skills, spending time with his family, and playing the guitar and violin. Matt, welcome. We are really excited to be speaking with you. Mike, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. So many places to start. I'm going to go with kind of the obvious one. The transition from chemical engineer to real estate investor. How did that happen? And how was it helpful to have the skills of an engineer beforehand? Well, it was an overnight transition, 13 years in the making. Um, so <laughs> I, I graduated from engineering school in 2010. And um, at the time, my, my first boss, uh, it was uh, difficult times uh, in the economy. I was lucky to get a job for a big chemical company. And he told me I was the worst employee he ever had and the company should get rid of me. <laughs> and okay. at that point I knew that I needed to, um, I need to find entrepreneurship and or find something else. And so I went to business school. I did a Fulbright scholarship and I learned about business. And at that point I, uh, I started buying houses. It was 2014 and, um, one house at a time. That's, that's what I did. And I side hustled for about 10 years and used my skills in my chemical engineering profession, um, a lot of the, the rules and some of the, the analysis and different things and uh, transition to real estate, just one house at a time. I like, I like that approach. And I'm certainly going to ask you about all that, but I do feel obligated to ask, and hopefully it doesn't bring up too many bad stories or memories, but what made you the worst employee that your manager or boss had ever, <laughs> had ever witnessed before? Well, so there, it was uh we were building servers basically and, and putting them out in pipelines. And um, as a chemical engineer, that's not really something in my core competency. It's more like an IT uh, type role. And there were no processes, no documentation, no procedures, part of which now I'm a little bit obsessive about that for my employees because I don't want them to go through what I went through. And uh, um, there, there were very few instructions. It was sink or swim. And uh, fortunately I sunk. It was hard at the time because uh, it opened up my eyes to other opportunities, which I'm pursuing today. I love I love the attitude, and I want to tie that together just as kind of as you have with that experience, and then being able to see firsthand. Wow, if, if this was documented or there was a system for this, it'd probably be a lot easier for the people executing. So you've done that for your employees. How how important was it for you when building out your team? Because this has been, as you said, 13 years in the making, to have kind of a better experience for them than you had, uh, knowing that there's going to be difficulties because it's, it's a real estate investing is not easy to have those things ready to go built out and have a process for them to follow. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's critical because, um, as I was building my team, I realized I have a lot of knowledge in my head, um, but that doesn't help the rest of the team. So I needed to, uh, get it on paper, get, create training videos, checklists, um, defining what done means. Um, and uh, creating procedures and workflows. So um, 
once things could get out of my head and onto paper, it's something tangible for an employee. Um, just having them ask me questions, explain in words. First of all, many people don't learn um, um, uh, through their ears and through hearing things. They either learn kinesthetically for doing things or seeing things. So it it was really important to get things down on paper. And um, so that that's what I do for my team. I really try to hit all the sense points. Um, I do I do trainings with the team. I create process maps, written documents, and videos with explanations. I really, really like that. And I'm, I'm going to steal the get the information out of your head because it's not helping your folks. Because whenever you're, so whenever, but generally, if you're talking systems, process, workflows, especially the real estate folks, they're will at best smile, usually roll their eyes and want to change the topic because they don't yeah. want to talk about those activities. Um, so if you position it as I have things that I can only share if I, through this mechanism, uh, it becomes valuable to both of you. So I really like how you kind of have done that for, for your team. Um, going backwards, uh, what came first, Spanish or studying in Spain? How did you, how did you get there? Spanish came first. Um, when I, so I did a double degree in college and I uh, studied Spanish and literature and things. And I studied abroad and that's when I, um, I decided that I wanted to go to Spain and I went there and studied abroad. So, um, yeah, Spanish came first. Yeah. Okay. And you, as part of your list of things you like to do outside of investing is still Spanish. How do you, how do you stay sharp? Uh, I, well, I read books to my kids now, <laughs> but that, yeah. that of course has some limited uh, vocabulary, but I call my friends, uh, uh, you know, back in Spain and really all over the world, you know, friends in Mexico, Guatemala, and just, just stay in touch and uh, watch different things online and stuff like that, just to keep myself sharp. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and getting into the real estate investing piece, um, <clears throat> kind of taking it part by part, uh, investing in um, single family and small multifamily, how did you determine that was the uh, type of property class that you wanted to focus on? Well, at first it was all I could afford. Um, so I, I, could afford a down payment on a single family home. Um, at a certain point after purchasing so many single family homes, I decided that uh, I was very comfortable in that space. And rather than um, there's, there has been now it's changing with rates and different things, but there there's been so much competition in the larger multifamily space, institutional investors, lots of money chasing these deals. And, and a lot of them weren't, a lot of the deals that I was looking at weren't penciling out. And but the single families that I kept finding at a good discount that needed work, they they just made sense to me. So rather than trying to scale up in apartments, I just scaled up how many single families I was buying. Um, so I did I did achieve some of that hockey stick growth that that a lot of the investors look for. But it wasn't by buying one fifty unit property; it was by buying fifty single family homes um, at a steep discount. So um, that that's what I chose to do. So if you could just walk us through two pieces of it, one, the steep discount, how are you able to locate properties that were either undervalued or underpriced? And then two, for these arrangements to work, generally the lead investor or the person in your shoes has a skill that others don't or an intangible value that you bring to a deal. So what is that for you and how are you able to source these deals? Right. So I go direct to seller. Um, I send a lot of mailers. We do ads online, um, our website. Um, people find us by searching our keywords, finding our website and um, relationships. So um, a lot of the deals are, for almost all of them are, are off market deals. Um, and our value proposition really is that there's no agent commissions, fees, anything like that, you know, six, seven, eight percent. The sellers aren't required to do repairs. So they don't have to come out of their pocket with cash. 
we deal with tenant situations, we deal with properties that are really beat up. Um, we basic, it's a turnkey solution for the seller. And um, it's not for everyone, but um, we, we solve problem properties and we solve uh, situations for sellers that they might not want to deal with. And we just cast a wide net, find the sellers and uh, close the deals. Very nice. And how, how will, I guess, you know, the how did you've described, but what type of situations are these sellers looking at? Or how can you identify that this type of uh, either market or this type of, of property owner might be somebody we should talk to? Yep. So um, over the years, we've added more and more. Um, initially, I was just sending letters. I was handwriting letters to landlords um, right. by myself. You know, I wrote like five or 600. Um, but since that time, um, we have gotten pretty sophisticated uh, for about 15 counties surrounding us. We, um, we know how to search the county records and it's all public information. It's not proprietary or list buying, um, but we, I have a team of people that go directly to the public records and they'll search for IRS tax liens. And then they'll, they'll find out if that person owns a property, uh, Pennsylvania department of revenue liens. Does that person own a property? credit card judgment, do they own a property, uh, behind on taxes, behind on mortgage, uh, probate situation, inherited properties. And there's five or seven other categories. And we look in all these county records for those folks, and then we send them letters. Um, it's a little tricky to do, and it's time consuming, but it's the best possible list because the data is real. It's not, you're not buying lists from stacking and, and lists from all over. Oh, we think they're going to be sellers. Uh, we, we know that, um, the person's behind on their mortgage or their taxes. We know it's true. It's right here. So, and then we contact them and we have different cadences for types of letters that we send for different situations. And it's just been built up that way over seven or eight years. That that's a wonderful process that you describe. And I, and I want to follow up on a couple of things there. First, I know I laugh when you mentioned handwriting five to 600 uh, letters, uh, but I think if we're even from listening to this conversation that your work ethic and your intelligence is going to just jumps off the page or off the screen here, I think that's clear because for somebody to sit down and do that, you have to be committed. You have to know what to write. And you have to really have something of value to to offer to make that worthwhile and to turn that to where you are now with a, uh, you know, providing a turnkey system for the, for somebody who needs to sell, but having the the back end or the, or the, the infrastructure on your side to have the solutions for their problem properties. And that, that is a process. So, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there's been a lot of things that you have tried, probably perfected, tried, failed, and thrown out. Um, what, what has been a, a learning of yours that you try to instill for someone who's working uh, with you or as part of your team? Oh my gosh, there's so many learnings and I've made so many mistakes. Um, you know, contractor management is huge. Um, when you buy a property, the deal can look great on paper, but then you actually have to do the things that you are promising to the seller that you would do. Um, it could be the repairs or it could be dealing with a difficult situation. So um, the contractor management piece is always tricky, uh, making sure that the project, it's project management, the project's done on time, um, on budget, on schedule, or on schedule budget, time, quality, all those things, and uh, uh, getting the, the contractors in line to do what they need to do. I mean, I've, I've lost deposits. I've had contractors, uh, mess up projects, not tell me that the oil tank needed a, a delivery and then the pipes burst and ruin all the flooring, drinking on the job. I mean, all, all the things, right? All, all the mistakes. So um, constant oversight and care is needed. And, and uh, that's one of the things that we're, 
really trying to dial in now um, with a bunch of our contractors because we, we're growing. So we need those reliable folks behind us uh, to do the work and make those properties productive again. So as you describe this, you making it real estate investing sound something that is both attainable, but very difficult because what you're doing is, is a difficult service to provide. The things are not necessarily uh, hard, but if you're not done properly, it's impossible to turn a profit. Um, you know, real estate investing is one of those things that people like to say they do or want to get involved in. Um, but if you are not good at it, it becomes apparent or you can lose a lot of money uh, very quickly in this. Um, so I guess my, my question here is how, how have you, you know, you have the contractors obviously that have had you know, a, a spotted history as you're going to go through it, but how do you tell someone who might want to get started or how do you help somebody say, look, you need to know this before you start or if you want to invest anything in real estate here's here's something that you need to walk in with your eyes open oh yeah well absolutely so uh, real estate is there's so many facets but um for those looking to get started you really need to start with yourself and you need to say what's my personal financial situation because a larger deposit is required if you're putting um even five percent down at today's prices can be a chunk of change so um you need to look at your credit your savings your income maximizing your income, reducing your expenses to save as much as possible. Um, and then you need to find out, okay, so when when I'm ready to buy, where do I want to buy? Um, what market do I want to buy in? And then what type of property do I want to buy? And does that property align with my personal investment philosophy that I have? Um, so there's all these questions. Do I want to buy longer term? Do I want to buy medium term? Um, what do I want to do? And um, and then execute on that plan. But it start it starts with you. Um, to make sure that you're ready to do this and that you um, you have the savings, but then also the grit and the resilience because there are going to be uh, there are going to be bumps along the road. So it's it's not an easy business, but it it, it is attainable. It, it's also not rocket science. Well, I, I I do not want to minimize because you do make it sound like well anybody can do this. But the things you are doing uh, is not what I hear a lot of other people who want to get involved because you're doing the stuff that really needs to get done to be done well, to have this many properties, it become profitable for you to do it so many times. And you mentioned scaling uh, with the number of properties versus number of doors through through a large multifamily property. So that's how you've been able to do it. Um, I've written down a few things that I want to follow up on. The uh, first that you've mentioned, knowing when something is done. Uh, I like that phrase. How do you explain that? And how do you, why is that important? Let's start there. Oh, yes. The definition of done. Um, because. Um, it's critical to be clearly uh, explicative with your employees or with your team about this is what, when A, B, C, and D are done, then I consider it done, not A and B. And over the years, I've learned that um, my vision of what done means might not be someone else's. And if I don't tell someone clearly upfront what I expect and what my expectations are, if I leave things up to interpretation, it might not be what I want. So you inspect what you what you expect and you're clear up front with what you want the result to be. And then there's no, there's no gray area. There's no guessing. And that's, uh, that's wonderful advice. And I think even the inverse of that is true that if, if you don't have it clear, here's the walk away or here's when it's okay to be 
to, to move on to the next thing, you might have either a perfectionist or somebody who's nervous to do that next thing, where it's like, I'm going to just keep doing them and keep mopping the same spot on the floor unless someone tells me to do something else. So I think that's, it's really good to establish that and have those expectations very clear to say, here's where we need to be uh, for either side. So thank you for, for walking us yeah. through that. And then the other thing I uh, not uh, noted here is uh, not buying leads that you're working with public information that you have the ability to go through large amounts of data, identify what's important to you and how it uh, fits into the system. Um, I do strongly believe that there are very few, if any, small businesses uh, as you run this that can uh, rely on purchasing leads. So how, how in your system, identifying what worked for you, for someone who's looking to either get started in real estate investing or any kind of side hustle, how can they determine what types of leads would work for their business or what types of things should they look for to say, okay, this can work for me as opposed to, I'm just going to go, um, you know, buy a list off Google. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it depends what the budget is. Um, I mean, I, I am a fan of digital marketing, not necessarily purchasing leads that um, come through like SEO vendors, but um, Google ads is good. Um, I, I use that Facebook ads, um, but I didn't start there. So um, it, it really comes down to, are you looking for distress? Are you looking to send letters out or are you looking for people to come to you? Um, so for some of the ads that I do, it's a lot of the inbound marketing. Um, but I had initial success with the outbound and reaching out to people that were in some of the situations I mentioned where they inherited a property or um, they were behind on their taxes or behind on the mortgage, just knowing who those folks are. Um, it's, it's fairly quick, easy, and inexpensive to find this information if you dig. And, um, then you can really start getting rolling by just, you could even handwrite letters and send them to those folks, which is what I started to do a little bit after the landlords that I was mailing to. So it really depends upon, um, what you're set up to do and, and what your skill set is as a newer investor. Um, I didn't know anything about digital and online marketing and all that stuff I learned in the last year or two. So I was just doing it the old fashioned way <laughs> and just sending out letters. So, um, but maybe your listeners are a lot smarter than I was when I got started. So I was just sending letters like handwriting stuff. So um, with information online. So it's, you're very humble as you walk, as you walk through this. So Thank you for, for that. I'm sure that there's plenty of sophistication, especially with, with the engineering background and so lots of the things that you built. Um, but you mentioned using kind of a side hustle or doing this not primarily. There's lots of people that I come across, I'm sure with you, that are not in love with what they're doing day to day and are starting something or thinking of starting something. Is there a first step or is there a an A B test that they can do that you that you say well, well this worked for me or this is what this is something I wish I had tried first that they can maybe uh, try tomorrow to get them to a to a place that they they want to be working for themselves or have a, a small business on the side. Yeah, real estate specifically, um, I, folks generally either own their home or rent, so um, you can kind of get a sense. Um, folks generally have an idea of would I want to tolerate this or would I not want to tolerate this real estate specifically. Um, now, as far as small business and entrepreneurship, um, I would recommend taking some courses first. Um, what really opened up my eyes to entrepreneurship and creating businesses was um, I did a master's degree, which not everyone is just going to go out and do, but there are, are local uh, community groups they, that have business pitches, there's meetups, uh, there's different things that you, you can go online on YouTube. It's the, the, the great teacher of our time, right? And you, you can 
take some of these free courses and, and really get a sense of, okay, does this type of a business or just doing business, creating a business, is that something that I want to do? Um, so I, I would just recommend doing thorough research in the area of business that you'd like. And if you don't know, um, just checking out YouTube videos and, and going to different meetups with business leaders and talking to them, get a cup of coffee, offer a, you know, offer to grab lunch and, and just pick someone's brain and, and really figure out if what they do is what, what you want to do. And for a lot of people, the answer is no, and that's okay. Um, and for a lot of people it's yes, but if it's this type of business and, um, I knew that I wanted to get into business, I didn't know what type until I thought about a whole bunch of different opportunities. You should just ask my wife. I said 10 different things and we decided on real estate. So you're spot on that. Getting started is the most important piece. And then first part there sometimes is talking to somebody who is one step, two step, 10 steps ahead or doing that thing saying, Hey, what is that like? And most people will take you up on that as long as you're not too, too strange or, or too, uh, yeah. <laughs> left field with that. But I'm glad you mentioned your wife because that's kind of where I want to end. I, we started there that you work together in, in this, uh, in this venture. Was that always the plan or how did that start? So we met and I had just come back from Spain. Um, we met here in the States, um, just through our, actually our college, uh, friends. Um, and, um, I was looking to get into real estate and she was very supportive the whole time of, uh, going to early morning breakfast. I was involved in an investor group. And uh, we'd go around at the time looking at foreclosures that they don't really exist anymore today. Um, and uh, she was very supportive. And uh, we, you know, we we would go out on weekends painting and doing renovations. We renovated three apartments, um, nothing major, you know, paint and some some minor things, um, cleaning up, cleanups. And she was just always very supportive. And um, we knew, you know, we saw just working together, phys you know, physically painting that hey, you know, we we could probably make something of this. We knew we didn't want to be painting forever, but um, just having that opportunity, that experience to um, work side by side and and do different things in the houses together made us realize like, hey, we could make this work, you know, both for the houses and hey, look, you know, with each other, right? Because we uh, we both saw the the potential in the business. That's that's a, that's a good origin story to, to kind of start there and then and build up and then have have what you guys have been able to accomplish together. That, that's it's really great. Um, the other piece of the family is that there are small children. How right. working together uh, with a time intensive or at least a job that can require a lot of focus and not your traditional nine to five, and then having um, both of you in it. How do you balance what's important for each of you and making sure that what needs to get done with work does get done with work? Well, it's, it, it balances the key because it's a constant balance. It's not um, just every day doing the same thing. If if the the kids need more attention, um, you know, at a certain point, maybe I need to sign out earlier, but then I can come back on later. So it's just a constant balance and specializing as well because uh, my wife spends a lot of the time with the kids. I spend the time during the day in the office, but then we we come together as a family in the evening. So it's important to get all of the needs met um, as effectively as possible. And uh, we implement things, you know, I, I work from home, for example, so I don't have a commute, so I can save time there. I have an assistant who helps me respond to emails, so I don't get stuck doing that late at night. So that, so, so all these kind of like, I, I don't like the word hack, but a lot of these kind of time savers um, that we can implement, we, we try to, uh, so that we can maximize the time that we're together and re reduce some of the low value work 
so that we can um, maximize the time as a family and doing the, the highest value tasks in the business. And that's the thing right there is understand where your time is best spent, do those things, figure out what you can get off your plate and delegate where you can. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the small, I... yeah, the small hinges swing the big doors, right? So you have to know what the small hinge is that will swing the whole door um, so that you can maximize your leverage. I'm going to steal that as well. Thank you, Matt. Uh, where can our listeners uh, find you or uh, connect with you to find uh, to learn more? Yeah, sure. So um, my website, peasonproperties.com. Um, you can fill out our form there. Um, you could put in 123 Main Street and just say that you found me uh, on the show and uh, happy to schedule a call, you know, meet with anyone who's uh, looking to get started. And frankly, just encourage folks that are in their nine to five who have big dreams and aspirations. They want more and they think real estate can get them there. I'm happy to talk to them. Awesome. So we will post that for sure. Um, I am good at jumping around and sometimes leaving obvious questions on the table. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I probably should have? Um, I don't think so. I think you covered uh, covered a lot there. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and hopefully the, the listeners got value. I'm sure they have, and I will take that. Uh, so thank you for for the for the kind words. Uh, Matt, this has been a blast. I look forward to doing it again, and I wish you nothing but uh, the best and continued success. Thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it.